0: good evening and welcome to John live the big match preview it's Thursday. The twenty first of January. I'm your host, Louie Menace. Joining the studio here at the Valley, are uh, Nathan Miller. How are you doing, Nath?
1: You're not bad, mate. Living a dream, you? Uh
0: yeah, have our better days. <laughs> have had better days. And uh, and uh, Tom Wallin, how you doing, Tom? Yeah, all right, thanks Louie. Excellent stuff on uh on tonight's show. We're gonna uh, we're gonna listen back to some some stuff from Jose Riga's press conference today, his first uh, proper press conference really with uh with the, uh, the national press since he's, since he's come back to the club. We're going to go into a bit of further detail analysing something Jose said to me after the, uh, the whole game. We're going to look back and, uh, and answer to a question. Then we're going to discuss the uh, potential merits and downfalls of our new signing from Standard Liège, George Texera, Nath, what did you say?
1: I said Texera, but texiera. I. Texera?
0: I said Texera. Texera.
1: Te- yeah, te- te- yeah. With a T and, yeah. it, and then like, just. It's a lot
0: easier to do it in the paper. we we'll wait <laughs> for Dave on Saturday yeah. to see mm. what he says. Oh, did anyone see Dave Lockwood's video on Twitter today? No, no. I was going to watch it. But yeah, if know. anyone hasn't seen it, Dave Lockwood got absolutely smacked up on some sort of drugs at the uh, dentist today. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's really worth watching. So head, head to Dave Lockwood on Twitter to slightly sidetracked we'll go back to the show though <laughs> uh, we're gonna talk about johnny jackson's call to arms uh, issued to the fans on twitter uh yesterday it was uh, and as i said we're going to hear from from joseph's press day and then we're going to look ahead to saturday's game vital game as they all are here at the valley with blackburn rovers i think um first things first though i think i want to analyze something that, that Jose said to me on um on saturday after the whole game obviously uh defeated 6-0 we're not going to dwell on that one too much because it was particularly painful. But um, uh, obviously Jose hadn't spoken to any press at all before before the whole game. So I was uh, lucky enough uh, to get the first crack at him after the game uh, when I was working for BBC London. And uh, I asked him a few questions about the game, of course. Well, I asked him one question roughly about the game. He went and banged on for about four <laughs> minutes before I got to get my second question in. Now, I wanted to know what his relationship with, uh, with Roland's like because obviously Roland, he's worked for him now. This is the fourth time he's been at a club... Uh, that's tied down, tied into to Roland du Châtelet. Uh, obviously didn't have his contract extended the last time he was the Valley. He's left Standard Liege twice under Roland as well. So I went to find out what his relationship was like. Uh, and I have to admit, it wasn't the answer I was expecting. So this is what uh, Jose had to say after that 6-0 defeat at Hull. For you uh, personally, did it take you uh, much persuading for you to come back to the, to the Valley and, and to work for, with Roland again? Obviously, there was a situation where he didn't extend your contract after the first, the first um, spell here. Were you, were you quite happy to come back and work with, with him?
2: You know, um, I'm coming back with Charlton. <laughs> That's a big difference. And uh, i coming back because, because um, the owner know that I have something special with Charlton. I don't know why. I knew a lot of different clubs, but certainly also with England. And I already repeat the same, you know, that I was disappointed that I don't have the possibility to stay. I must be honest, I had other opportunities just right now. But maybe I don't choose more easy. But okay, it was my my feeling, We speak, my... So now, after this first feeling, I know that... I have to do the job.
0: So that that was Jose uh, speaking after the whole game. And now, when I, I when you ask someone who's who's gone to work with a chairman, a new club, um, you know, no, normally there's never there's never any issue there. You, you normally wouldn't even have to be a question you have to ask. But if there were ever was something like, oh, you've, you've worked here before, and he's, he's let you go, um, the the answer you'd expect is, oh, you know, I'm happy to work with him. We actually have quite a good working relationship. Not. I'm here to work for Cholton, that's a big difference. Because <laughs> that is, to me, it sounds like he's slapping Roland Duchatelet in the face with that answer.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, <clears throat> it is a bit weird how he's been. Um, I don't, how many times has he been sacked? Did you say? Well, you can. Be at well, I, reckon, at I reckon. least I've, once, isn't he?
0: Yeah. I've, I've, yeah, pretty much. He's worked He's worked with Roland Clubs four times. I yeah. think he was already at Standard before Roland took over. I was trying to work that out from Wikipedia. Yeah. I'm not certain. But, but I mean,
1: you'd, so just by those numbers, you'd think there's some sort of element of loyalty. But the first question, if he was loyal, he would have said is like, yeah, you know, me and Roland have a good relationship. He knows what I'm about and he knows what I can bring, blah, blah, blah. But like he said, he just straight away said the affiliation was with the club and not not with Roland. So... Yeah, I don't know. It's a bit of a strange one, really. I don't really know how to take it.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can understand if, if there, perhaps there would be a, a, a dislike of Roland because I think he like he's trigger happy with his managers, and I think Joe, I mean Jose said he, he was he really wanted to stay at the Valley last time, so he could have been slightly disappointed that it didn't end up going that way. Um, but like I say, you wouldn't expect. I mean, the the only other option you could possibly think about this is maybe it's a bit of clever PR work from Jose, and he knows. I mean, we, we, we'll speak about Jacko later on, and he knows that how the the gap between the fans and the club is as big as it's ever been, uh, and you could even get bigger. And um, the, uh, the 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 gap between and and I think Jose knows that he, he really, he's seen as a Roland man because he's been he's worked with Roland before. Perhaps he wanted to distance himself for that. Maybe for the sake of just the, the the fans and how they're going to perceive him.
3: I think it, he's different to any of the others in the fact that he's the one roller man that kind of won the fans over. And, and it was obviously partly based on the fact that he kept us up. Um, but then you look at Luzon last year, you know, he kept us up and then he fell back out of favour again. And maybe it's just because Riga never had that chance to fall back out of favour, but... I'm sure, he would have. Yeah, he'd yeah you would think, but... <laughs> one of the things i would think is no matter what his relationship with roland if he knows he's going to keep employing him and he's going to be paying him you might think that he would just be happy to accept the the sackings from you know just from a financial point of view but like you say he hasn't even he hasn't played it any sort of way i think he he comes across as quite an honest manager and he's come out and
0: said look i I, he admits it he doesn't know why, but there's something about Charlton yeah. that he likes and but again that that could be the p r thing there's two yeah. ways of reading it. i mean i I wrote a piece in the South London press during a week, and I read it as i think i think jose is a bit of a rebel and he you know he when he was at Blackpool he had a falling out with Carl oyston, and I think it's because he refused to play his game i think it's possible it's possible that he that perhaps Charlton have snapped a bit of des- desperation here and, and Roland only employs people he knows or or you know and therefore he's he, Jose knows the balls in his court, and he can come back anyway, and he can still play the game the way he wants to play it. Perhaps I mean, yeah. there's different ways of thinking of it. I think, and we have to remember as well that
3: part of the reason Powell went was not playing Liege players or network players, and when Riga came in, he didn't really play them either. Yeah. So that kind of lends itself to your theory that he is a bit of a rebel and he's prepared to stand up for it and and go with what he thinks. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll obviously see what happens over the next few games and. We'll obviously go on to talk about the Teixeira sign in as well, but I think everyone seems a bit more comfortable with him in charge than any of the other network managers we've had, really.
0: Do you think Jose's answer, um, in a way, gives himself a bit of power over do Chatelaine in the way that he, he sort of suggests oh, don't, you know, I, I don't really care what Roland thinks so that, in, in a way that'll mean he's not afraid to go back and answer back to Roland when Roland says I'm afraid we're over budget perhaps and it's, it'd be like if you want to stay in the championship you need to sign five more players or something like that
1: yeah I mean it'd be in, I don't, we're never going to know but it'd be interesting to know what the, the conversation they had uh, Roland, Catrian and um, Jose Jose sorry Jose <laughs> um, because I mean straight away he's come in and we've got a player albeit from standardly age but Obviously Riga knows him from his time at Standard. Um, so it'd be interesting if Riga's come in and said, Well, if I'm gonna if you're gonna want me to come here and obviously try and, you know, work this miracle, then you're gonna to give me the tools to do it and, you know, within a few days we he's, he's got we've got one signing in already. I don't know if that was already in the pipeline before Jose came along, but um,
0: well, by the sounds of it Jose seems to be his man. Well, from exactly. what you hear, but we heard that before about, you know, Nabisar and Guy
1: yeah. and I mean considering we was all under the oppression that that Roland said that the you know the transfer business had finished uh, from
0: we were yeah I think the, the wording of his statement when Jose yeah. came in had us slightly worried but obviously that's that's not been the case so far no. I still think we need more
1: oh no without shadow definitely, <laughs> with that definitely. Shadow a doubt, definitely
0: yeah um, do do you think this comment could have back could backfire on Jose I mean like I say it's very unusual to I mean when I when I got my my job ten years ago I didn't turn up on the first day and just go up to like my boss and say. I don't like you. I'm here, I'm here for the company. Hate you. <laughs> do you <know> what <laughs> I mean? Because <I>, <laughs> for obvious <I'm> reasons, <laughs> <laughs> that's obviously not not the wisest thing to do. If you um, if you <clears throat> talk out against uh, things that employ, you end up not employed.
3: Uh, I don't... I'm not so sure that it will here because he's managed to tie in the 18-month contract, which is what mm-hmm. he wants.
0: Good bargaining skills. Yeah,
3: isn't it? If, he, if he keeps us up, it's going to be very hard for Roland to let him go. He's already not in fans' good books, so mm-hmm. it's not going to help if he then bins him out a second time for keeping us out a second time Um, and if we do go down you know he's got the chance to walk away if he didn't want to anyway Um, and he's got that 18 month contract to sit on so I think obviously I I don't think like you say you should go up to your boss and just say I hate you but at the same time I think he's in a pretty powerful position and obviously Mm. it depends on how results go but let's say we get a couple of wins and the fans get behind the team uh, then who knows you know he's going to be He's the one that's here every week, and he's the one on the touchline. And you know, fans talk, and he's going to get a lot of support, and that might make a big difference.
0: perhaps uh, swinging it over the the other way, and perhaps say, we we said that you know Jose, perhaps we, if we feel like he's in a powerful position, and perhaps maybe Roland was desperate to employ someone he knows, and Jose was like, well, you know I me, and you know what I've done for you before, even though they obviously, well, perhaps they they didn't didn't seem to see eye to eye. I mean, that's not certain. And like I was saying, there might just be um. Jose's PR spin, but at the same time, you know, he t- he talks about, you know, Matt, we all know footballers and managers will go and play for anyone. Like Blackpool, keep getting players even though they're in the, in the doldrums. Players like will go and play there, like seasoned pros you've heard of, like you know Niall Ranger and Ishmael Miller. I think they they both played there despite the fact that, you know, they're they're dis- desperate for a paycheck. And and could it be the same with Jose? Do you think, I mean, he said he said when I spoke to him, I'm not sure if it was in that little snippet there, but he said when I spoke to him, he had other offers on the table. At this time, but he, he felt the law of, of English football, like, Cholton and English football. I mean, do you think he was trying to justify to himself the, the reason he's here? Or do you think really didn't, like there was no way he was going to get as good a job here? Or d- does he really love Cholton or does he just want to be in the, in the shop window in English football?
1: Yeah, um, I, I mean, to be fair, even though in the uh, situation that we find ourselves in, we are you know a fairly big club in terms of you know the the english game we won below the premiership you know the championships considered one of the hardest yeah, leagues in the world yeah. <laughs> yeah at the moment we'll take it while we can have it but um yeah, so, i mean i mean the other offers he had i mean we don't know i don't think they're going to be top jobs so they're probably going to be around the first of first or second divisions of france and possibly Italy, which you he was at before with his uh, mysterious link up with Mourinho, but, um...
0: <laughs> which Mourinho denied yeah. at the time. I remember when, the, when Jose first came, apparently, there, there was some weird link with Mourinho, apparently, and then someone asked Jose Mourinho about it in his press conference, and he'd never heard of it. that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a bit embarrassing. <laughs> Those were the good old days. It's, it's yeah. so, so that shows you how much what was gone under the bridge that we've forgotten <laughs> that our, our our old manager, well, our current manager, pretended to be mates with Jose Mourinho. <laughs> I used to go out at Kelly Brook, actually, I, <laughs> I forgot to mention.
1: <laughs> but no, I think... Um, yeah, I think it was. A, it's a bit of both. Where he probably had an affiliation with the fans, which Tom said earlier, and he obviously kept us up, and you know everything was bouncing at the time, and and I think it's you know it's, a, it's still a decent job. Yeah, we're in a bit of a pickle at the moment, being an understatement, but you know I still think it's a job that I think he you know he knows the club, he knows the players, he knows the board, so. Yeah, I think it was it was always going to happen. Really. We said
3: uh, on one of the Sunday shows that managers, by their by their nature, are like egotistical and they'll back themselves. Yeah. And so I think he's obviously come in and thought, if I keep him up again, that's obviously going to help. And I also yeah. think he's probably got unfinished business because he kept us up and went, and then he was at Blackpool, which was really a non-starter. Like that yeah. was never going to help. So I think in terms of English football, he's got more to prove.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think English football is the place where most managers want to be. I mean. The, the, there's nowhere else. There's no. There's no other second tier, especially in in Europe, that will mm. garner this much respect. And I think I mean the, the stats always say the championships like the fifth most watched league in Europe or something. It's not here, obviously, but yeah. yeah. And and you, see, you can see perhaps he thinks if I'm here, I, I can put myself in that short window. I want to prove myself as a in, 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 as a manager in England. That's where I think there was a bit of desperation when he took that Blackpool job. I don't think he did his due diligence, or if he was advised. He would have advised by someone who probably doesn't really know what they're doing mm. um, in terms of saying, oh, yeah, go to Blackpool. Because obviously everyone already knew at that point that Blackpool was a bit of a mess of a club. Yeah, um, Yeah. so interesting. Anyway, that was, uh, that's us talking about Jose Riga. We'll have a bit of the Jose Riga Press Day stuff later on. I haven't actually had a chance to listen to it yet because it, it literally it's, it started at four and we got in here at six. So uh, I, I just got the audio and uh, and I've sliced a bit of it together. We'll listen to that in a bit. But anyway, we're going to have a quick break and then we'll come back and uh, talk about our new signing. uh whatever his name is.
2: <laughs> so am I still waiting for this world to stop hating? Can't find a good reason. Can't find hope to believe
0: in. Frey heard God. Can he get across into? to the he can. There's Custard to the bottom. Yeah! yeah!
4: That's good oh! to oh! We're a goal. Yes! Yeah, in the 96th minute. Charlton Live.
0: Welcome back to Charlton Live. Big Match Preview here. Uh, big Match Preview podcast. We're going to head to... Um, the Blackburn game in a few minutes right transfer business we've uh, we've we've delved into the transfer market in a, an attempt to uh, save our championship status and we've signed george texaria Tom, what did you say it was? I said Teixeira. Teixeira. That's based on some Liverpool player with the same spelling. Yeah. But it might be from a different part of for the world. For a second there, I thought we'd done some really clever business. I thought we'd just sign someone to send him on to Liverpool for a few extra quid. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, when I saw that name. And you, what are you going for, Naif? Sh- share.
1: Well, I'm actually Googling it at the moment.
0: But <laughs> yeah, it's a bit it's... hard that you
1: can't actually listen to it. So I'm yeah, going to go with... T-
0: what did you say, Tom? I said Teixeira. Teixeira. I'm going to
1: go. I'm going to pronounce the X. I'm going to go Teixeira. Yeah,
0: I don't need okay. to learn how to pronounce any of our players' names Teixeira. anymore, anyway. So, <laughs> not an issue. Um, a big, big potentially sign. I we 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 we've had signings from Standard Liège before, of course, and we know hit and miss, hit and miss. I mean, from Belgian football. And um, but if you, you look at the Standard Liège fans' reaction, although I think mm. they did give Reza a good reaction when he came over the first time, they they seem pretty upset to see him go. Um,
1: it was different than Naby Sarr's reaction when he left scoring. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying, um, you know, he's going to be the, the next Richard Rufus or the George Costa or whatever, but, you it's know... It's it, a
0: hell of an accusation these days calling someone the next Richard <laughs> Rufus.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it, going by the fans, he's obviously, you know, I know he, he scores quite a lot of goals from set pieces, which we struggle to score and defend. So, um, you know, I can only see it as, it's another body, another experience, person um, he's in a four and a half year deal as well yeah isn't tw-
0: 29 years old and, and mm. a four and a half year deal so that's a very long contract for someone of his age and it mm. doesn't fit in with what i've always understood our transfer policy no. to supposedly be which is we sign young unproven players and mm. most of them remain unproven the time they're here but some of them turn out to be good and then we'd sell them on so we give the younger ones the bigger contracts yeah uh, and then sell them on i mean this, i mean you remember yan was of a similar age um, and we didn't give him a longer contract i is mean at thirty. 32, he was he was thirty two, I think, yeah. and then we didn't want to give him two years. Whereas at the, at the end of this, I mean, Teka will be about the same age. Jan was at mm. the same time, so it, it doesn't quite make sense. And again, a four and a half year deal sort of stinks of desperation a bit, doesn't it? It could suggest it could. It could I mean, we've we've been handing out much longer deals than we've been used to recently. That the I mean, even with Jose, with Roger Johnson, and with this guy, do you do you think because of the situation we're in and because of how badly it's been managed, unfortunately, so far that agents know when they uh sort of their, the dollar signs in their eyes light up don't they when they see us coming because they, they they can see desperation definitely
3: yeah i think that's that's 100% right and they know we need players in um i kind of agree with you that it doesn't really fit the mold of it certainly doesn't fit the mold of our summer signings which as you say are young unproven players and it doesn't really fit the mold of our our january signings either which usually have championship experience but like you say judging by what the fans of that club say and He he says all the right things, doesn't he? And obviously Johnson and Williams have come in and not really had the impact we want. But this guy brings brings a bit of experience as well. And uh, yeah, he's going to have to hit the ground running. But you know, he's got if he's got youngsters around him, maybe he can be this season's Roger Johnson and kind of coach them through games. But he's obviously got the added difficulty of adapting to this league. So yeah, that's
0: what I was going to say. I mean, no no English experience. Yeah. I mean, when uh, when Richard Murray came out and spoke recently he sort of talked about that one of the things they admitted was an issue was that the lack of players with English experience and and obviously we, we have to judge each case on its individual merits, but we've seen more often than not with the players without English experience that we signed, unfortunately that, that hasn't worked out. So he's, he's, he's really going to be thrown into the deep end here, isn't he?
1: Yeah, I mean, do we know how much he, we actually bought for? Bought, uh...
0: Undisclosed.
1: Undisclosed, right, yeah. okay. See, the only thing I can...
0: Which I'm starting to think might actually be the currency of Belgium. Because <laughs> <laughs> <try Yeah>. to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all we ever hear. Yeah,
1: but I think, um, we, think obviously we all know with English players, they come at a premium um, and they're going to be a little bit more expensive. Um, which is I don't know which is which is probably one of the policies why they go for overseas because they might be cheaper. But um, it, like you said, it's very different from um, our usual sort of English experienced players. I don't I can't see Reese staying past 28 days. If I'm totally honest, not that I know he had a mare on Saturday, didn't he? But um, I don't think he was the long term solution. Um, so we're still sort of low on bodies again because Paddy's out for. I know he had an operation the other day, didn't he? Yeah, so yes. he re- Yesterday, was it? Yeah, so I know yeah he's, on his groin. So I don't know how long... So that's going to be, what, at least three, four at least, surely. So. Well, yeah, I
0: don't know. How long does it take to heal the groin? Who
1: knows? Oh, I don't know. I've never had a operation on my groin. <laughs> 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 I had to be careful what I said there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, we're looking at other non-English players who've come over. I mean, it's, it's hit and miss, isn't it, in terms of whether they whether they hit the ground running? Because you know, I've written down a list of just five players, and they're all like... So you've got Reza, who I'd say probably middling. He's been very inconsistent some days. He's all right. Most of the time he's not. Yoni Bayouens, who started off really well and then weirdly got worse as the season went on rather than the other way round. And obviously Johan, who started off like a house on fire, and he got Christoph. Le Poir, who, um <laughs> who uh, started off like a house in the rain, I guess, <laughs> rather than a house on fire, he drowned.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I
1: remember him at Cardiff. Yes, that was, when, and I think he got dragged off at time, I think
3: wasn't he playing up front? Oh, th- yeah, he was.
0: was yeah, yeah was was, that was that was a specific <laughs> was high so point bad. of, uh, of uh, his. Uh, I mean, the high point of Christophe Le Poir's, um <laughs> <total career laughs> the was, it was all oh, those yeah. fans, wasn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that as well. When those fans came over from, he, uh, he didn't gang... even make the bench. Yeah, but um, no, it was the. I think it was away uh, at Blackpool. Uh, he uh, he came on as a sub, when we we're freeing up, and he had a header from a corner that went just wide. So he certainly found his level. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so it goes to show that whereas we have said the English experience, we feel it's certainly important in this league, and the managers and players talk about it all the time. It's not a hundred. It's not the be all and end all. So, you, but you know, you never know really, especially coming in halfway through a season, being thrown in in front of what's going to be a volatile crowd on Saturday. Yeah,
3: I think yeah, There's. I don't think any of us have ever said that there's a problem with buying people from overseas or overseas players, but it's how they're scouted. It's who it is and it's whether we, they're really going to fit. So you look at someone like Johan and he came in and he's a fast attacking winger and he's got international experience and he showed last season what he can do. But then you bring in someone who's more unproven and, uh, and you get the results of that as well. So, you know, we talked. I think you guys talked on the Sunday show about how, how we're scouting players now and, mm. It's that that's really the issue. If this guy's really been sought out by Jose because he knows what he can do and he thinks he'll fit into this league, and remember, Jose knows this championship, then that's obviously a different type of signing. So
0: um, we haven't yeah. we haven't seen a Jose Riga signing before. Have no, we? I was thinking about this earlier. Like. I think when he when he first came, obviously he came in long after the, the January transfer window had closed. It was after we'd been knocked out of the FA Cup, so that was been about March, I'm thinking. Yeah, it was, yeah. And so I, I'm trying to think if he actually signed anyone. I think possibly Jonathan Abika came back on loan no, during she, that time. Yeah, I think he did. <laughs> I loved that song. Did you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know a player's good when all you can actually remember him about is his song rather yeah. than his actual football ability. Um, so, so this really is the first chance we're actually going to get to see, to see a Jose Riga player.
3: Yeah, and if he comes in and shores us up, then... Again, that gives him a little bit more bargaining power to go back to Roland and go, look, I chose this guy and look what he's done to the team. Give me some more money. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. The other thing talking about English experience as well is at this stage in the season in January, unless the player themselves are that desperate, I'm not sure they're going to want to come to us mm-hmm. because do they really want a relegation on their CV? Yeah. And
0: well, Like I say, I think that there are desperate players out there but you'll end up, you'll end up with a sort of pros who haven't got a contract elsewhere and, and yeah. for a reason. Like we ended up last season with Chris Eagles, who wasn't I mean, exactly, yeah, you know, wasn't really doing it. And I say, look at Blackpool; they do get players, but not necessarily players who are, you know, who players who aren't on the books of people for a reason. Yeah, that's, I that's... think I
3: agree. And then I think, you know, like I say, if you look overseas and you scout properly, those players are desperate to come over and play in the English game, irrespective, and they're going to be hungry to impress and and give themselves a chance to move up the league. So it's a slightly different different sort of point of view from from those players so it comes down to who the player is when they come in this this guy that's come in now to share or however we're going to say it. i don't know too much about him but let's give him a chance and, yeah. and see what
0: happens it's, it's certainly a risk though isn't it yeah
1: yeah it is. i mean just going back on to the uh point that you made tom about you know players not wanting to come in the gen- january transfer window because of the relegation fight and stuff it all goes back to i said it on sunday about <coughs> the old curbs days where he wouldn't, obviously, he'd look at, obviously, if they were good at football, obviously, but they're sort of... Mid- Not necessarily the first thing we've been no. looking for, actually. But <laughs> the fabric of the play, you know, so you're going to need to know if the player's got the right mentality and the right sort of determination and sort of work rate and yeah. work ethic of being in a scrap, because that's what we're in and that's what we need. Yeah, I
0: mean, because we mentioned it on, on Sunday, show. I know it got picked up on Chapman Life on the forum a little bit and, and on the Facebook group, you're like... I was, um, I was told by an extremely reliable source uh, that you know, uh, someone, someone who was telling me, oh, you know, I don't agree with the way things have been being scouted at this club in terms of video stuff. They've been scouting stuff by video. Mm. And that the you know, statistics. We saw like Moneyball statistics stuff. I think Brentford were doing something similar. But the problem is you don't get, like you say, you don't get that character. And, you know, I said, I said it last week and I, I don't want to go too deep into it because we don't know the full story. But if, if, if there was some sort of falling out issue with, with Tony Watt, and perhaps there's something, there's something that doesn't get picked up when you're only looking at stats rather than when you are looking at his temperament mm. I
1: yeah.
0: think we're a club that's built around
3: that sort of character as well like we've always had certain types of players and you look at people that are here now and have been here for a while like Jackson and like Cousins you know they you can see on the pitch that they carry a different type of personality to some of the players that we've brought in and uh, like I say it's not because they're f- foreigners or from overseas or anything like that but it is down to, to the scouting and the type of player that they are and and like you've both said there, you don't really get that aspect by watching a video of them and, or you know seeing them on YouTube. You need to be there and you need to chat to them and you need to see what they're about and And we haven't really done that but but like I say, Jose knows this new sign in and so from that aspect, it is slightly different, yeah,
0: as I say jose Jose does know this guy, so hopefully he knows what his temperament's like, and he knows if, he's, if he'll be up for the battle, and that surely is what we have on our hands here at the valley is a, is a battle. We'll be back in in 30 seconds.
4: This is fairing, lovely touch. Goes round his player, chips across the box. Jackson, yes! What no an effort, Johnny Jackson! Arriving late in the box, Holmes Dennis with a pinpoint cross, and the skipper's given Charlton the lead.
0: Charlton live. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to uh, to Charlton live. Right, go on, Leif. We, we've looked it up on one of those like Google text to talk things. Go on. Right, hang on. Is it going to work? I think so.
4: They cheated. Uh...
0: Teixeira? What? Teixeira? That?
1: Somewhere
0: that's, in the middle of the world, it. Teixeira. <laughs> t- t-
4: t- right, let's try it again.
0: Teixeira. Teixeira. <laughs> t- there you go, that's how we'll be referring to him uh, from, from now on. Whoever on the show. We'll in, that, that. In, in that, in that, that yeah. sort of yeah. I'm going to take out that bit of audio and if we, we just talk drop about this, just, yeah, just every drop it dropping. <laughs>
1: Teixeira. In. <laughs> 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 right, um,
0: <laughs> yesterday uh, on on the Twitter sphere, uh, Johnny Jackson caused a, a, a bit of a stir, and he's he's come out on his Twitter. And, you know, I think um, – well, I'll read out the message. He's posted a message on Twitter for the –
2: Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work.
0: Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. fans to to retweet, obviously a message to the fans, Uh, this is what the skipper Johnny Jackson had to say, he said, there's been a lot of words said recently, in truth there's been more fighting talk than actual fight, it's the job now to turn apologies and home truths into performances worthy of the badge, this is a fight we're all in together, we need you as the 12th man more than ever to get behind us from the first to the last minute, Trust me, when you're on that pitch, you you hear it all, and it makes such a big difference when we hear you getting behind the lads. Games like that 5-4 win against Cardiff and that last-minute goal against QPR are 100% proof of the effect you have. So enough words. So that's Johnny Jackson uh, going on to Twitter. And like so I said it earlier, he knows he knows the, what the bond between the players and the fans needs to be like in order for the fans to remain on the side of the players. And he also knew, he also, um, I mean, we've seen it before where he, tried, he did the... Um, uh, the refund for the the Huddersfield game, so he knows he knows what it's like, and he knows that he has to try and rebuild it.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's a, a typical uh, Johnny thing to do is come out and rally the troops, and that's what we all want. And. You know, everything he said, you know, we all know that, you know, the performance of him in there, but, you know, hopefully the first sort of 10, 15 minutes, you know, we can all get behind the boys and then obviously we, you know, a performance could be done uh, for the first 15 and, and just like the Bolton game, like we started on fire against Bolton and it was just unfortunate we couldn't obviously maintain it. But, um, yeah, I know it was a typical Johnny thing to do and obviously I'll just echo what he says and just sort will get behind him on Saturday morning. Or Saturday afternoon rather
0: of course it's very, it's very um it's very rare unfortunately that we, we do get sound bites out of the club these, these days, and so you know that you tend to get more trusted characters coming out now, so Jose obviously had a good long press day today you've got jacko you know the, 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 There are still people here that the Trump fans like and and that 's why they, they they sort of come out and, and, and talk to us yeah, I think his message was spot on as well i think um at the
3: end of the day it 's going to be you know what happens on the pitch that decides how the fans react but with a message like that you've got to think if we start strong and we have a good 15 minutes not we don't even necessarily have to score but if we show a bit of intent and show a bit of attacking flair you know the crowd are quickly going to get one over and like you say he knows what this club's about he knows what the bond between the fans and the club needs to be and what it used to be and what it has been since he's been here at times and he obviously is trying to get us back to that and and reassuring people that you know the fight's not over the players haven't given up and and that there is still people here that, that care about the club.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, the the only issue is um, whether it's another sort of four storm. We, we've seen it a couple of times, and obviously, the performances since that Huddersfield uh, reimbursement haven't been... Well, it wasn't any better at all. Um, I somehow stumbled across, um, uh, forgot they even did this, but before Preston, Jacko recorded an interview sort of um, saying... You know, to get behind the boys, uh, get the valley rocking was an interview he did uh, before the Preston game to try and get as many fans down, and that was another disastrous display. So obviously, I mean, Jacko says it himself. But words are cheap, and actions have to follow. And I think, do you, do you think what do you think is going to happen first? The fans get behind the players, and then they start playing well, or the players get start playing well, and then the fans will be able to get on board with them again?
1: Well, it's a catch twenty two, isn't it? It's always been the case. I mean, do, you know, do we? do the fans cheer do the players give us something to cheer about or do we cheer on the players i think it's 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 a bit of both really. like tom said we have it's not we exa- were exactly asking them to win be winning 3-0 after 10 minutes or anything it's just that bit of intent you know that bit of purpose about the play um because the last few games that i've seen it just seems like it's a friendly match yeah. when we're going forward we're so predictable and we're so labored going forward yeah. it's just like give us something to cheer about but you know hopefully with you know jacko's going to be saying something similar on those lines obviously not as long to the team before the game
0: i think i think personally um from the from from a fan point of view i think they they generally it's generally like a clean slate every game anyway in terms of the first 10 minutes so i think yeah like when when the fans come out they're normally they're normally positive like the fans will get the, the players will get clapped when they come out for the warm-up and then when they go back in and you know, when they come onto the pitch, of course they get clapped. There'll normally be a bit of singing in the first five minutes or so. So, I, I do think the, the the fans are more likely to react to the players than the other way round. For me, mm. yeah, I think I agree. And um, like I said, really,
3: you know, he said it himself. Where you know, it's enough enough speaking now and enough talking about it. We need to put in a performance that shows you that's what we're about. Um, for me, if they start the game well, the crowd get behind them. If they don't, then the crowd won't. I think it's as simple as that. And it's easier said than done for the crowd to start you know, getting behind the players before they've even kicked off. I think the players need to come out and need to show some intent because we've seen so quickly, we've just gone a goal down so quickly in recent games and that's just been game over and we can't afford to do that again, really.
1: It doesn't take a lot either just to get them fired up. I think there was a game, where was our last home game? Forest. Uh, forest, yeah, and there was. I think it was 1-0 at the time. There was nothing spectacular going on, but there was a 50-50 and Solly came out and literally crunched yeah, this geyser. And then the whole team and the whole stadium just... Just it not erupted, but you know, there was that sense of something's gonna happen now and that and that's all it takes for it to switch. So that's and that's I think all we're really asking for, really.
0: Right. Let's uh let's um go to a quick break. We'll come back and we'll we'll have a, a listen to about ten minutes worth of, of a Jose Riga's press day uh from, from today.
2: To the halfway line. Unbelievable strike. That is outrageous. <laughs> right footed. Well, he
1: saw all off his line. What uh, a goal.
4: Shelton Line. Tell us
2: how you found the first week. A lot of things to do, for sure. <laughs> and you remember the first experience with the team was not a good one, for sure. Then it did what what, what I did last time. I mean, try to, to have a global overview of a global picture of the situation, see a lot of players having a lot of interviews and, of course, training session. And, yeah trying to do as most as possible with some priorities, not rushing everywhere without knowing what to do. And, um, yeah, discussion with my, my staff, all all what I have to do to to take the best decision and then and, and to be more aware of the situation. And that, that was my first week.
4: Is this a bigger challenge than the one you faced when you
2: were here last time? Let's say for sure it's a different situation. Different.
4: Um, In what way is it different?
2: Just because I don't believe that it's two times the same. <laughs> and of course, because also the players are not the same anymore. Even I I saw many faces that I already knows before, so... That's what's good. It's not the same team, um, even not the same staff. uh, And I think not really the same situation. Is it bigger? I I would like to think that it's more difficult. Then I I put more energy again than the first time because uh, I cannot say that um, now it's a challenge, a normal challenge, we know what it is. No, it's not true. It's not true. I think I prefer to to see the situation as a bigger one, tough situation with a lot of things to do, I I repeat. So at the start, after, it's up to me to find, again, the right solution and the right way and showing to everybody the right direction. It's difficult to say, but different for sure.
4: Did you have any reservations about taking to be a suggestion that
2: initially you said no? Let's say that I, I just want to repeat what I was saying when I arrived at the club so when I left the club for me I don't know why a few months was a relation with the club with the people working for the club even for the player and certainly with the competition uh, it was immediately something I got a good feeling. And so it's clear that another this kind of challenge in another club, I'm not sure that I will say immediately yes. Here, I didn't have to, to think too much because this feeling was still there. Uh, even I was busy with other clubs for sure. I have a look on championship and, and more now even about the English football just because yeah I was in love with the global sphere and everything so when I spoke about Charlton I say yes yes okay 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 I'm really interested but not my interest I don't think about me by coming here I take a lot of risk it's just because for me, the, the fans, the sphere was... So I just think about the club and what I can do for the club.
4: You, you talk about risk.
2: But every time when you take in charge a team, in this position, you take a risk. It's better to start the season, no? That coming in this kind of situation, as I took the risk the first time, I mean. But trying to succeed in challenge is, is not something... Not that I think that... that the best one or and everything. No, no, I don't have any pretension about I just think that I'm so really committed with the club, so really concerned by the club that, yeah, for sure, I think I can do it again.
4: You kept on up last time you were here. What is it going to take to do it again, though?
2: You know, the most important is... Um, First, to see the reality as I explained to you, to see what we miss actually, what I can bring, what's the right balance in the team and everything, a lot of things can do the difference and also all the people who who love Charlton, we have to be behind the the squad, the staff and me to do the job because alone I can do nothing. I just want to to take everybody with me. And I don't like promises. Promises, it's easy to to do. I just want to to do it by acting. That's be effective. In which way? How? When? No, just concentrate on the moment. What can we do for the next game? what can we do today to be able to compete as we want to compete next game and then one step forward, one step forward and build on it.
4: What do you say to the fans at the moment? They're, they're not very happy with the direction that the club is going in. They're not very happy with the current owner, certainly.
2: No, for me, I'm, I'm the manager and I'm just focused on, on what I can do. I mean, do
4: you have a message for, for the One thing,
2: one thing, one thing. If we can have the same relation that we we had the first time, because we need them. We need these 12 men. We need this commitment. We need, we need. Sure. But they have to be sure that I'm here because I'm like them. I like Charlton. I want to do something for Charlton. That's it. That's it. So be with us after the rest you know it's not sportive but about what we have to do for sure we need their help you know it's a big difference to be to be support or not but i have a lot of confidence in them because last time i remember that they really do their job <laughs> if i can say and it was even more easy for us to do our. How would
4: you describe your relationship with the owner? Um, it's not the first time you've...
2: No, I know. And a lot of people think that I'm part of the network, but I'm not at all. No, because I, I went in other places. And, and even the last time in Standard, it was the actual owner who asked me. So for me, it's a professional relation as an owner with with a coach not more the the first time is I had two years contract in Soda I I left after one year I mean it's not something else that an owner and a manager I want my freedom let's say (laughs) I'm a self-made man I'm alone I have even no agent so okay he's sure the boss of club and I want to be the boss in my dressing room.
1: <laughs> From what
4: you've seen so far this week, um, is the squad good enough to stay in the Championship? Or do you need to bring more players in?
2: For me, there is two things and I I will repeat what I said the, the first time. When I step in the dressing room, I told to the player that we are not maybe the best player, but for sure we are certainly not the worst one. But we have to be the best team in term of commitment, in terms of sharing the same idea, um, doing not only during the game but during the training, and showing to everybody what we want together. Because what, what's good with a collective sport, I think, okay, you have maybe sometimes different of talent, sure. But most of the time, we have to look like a team, like a shape, like something strong. So saying, is a team better or not, depending on how we are going to do the things all together, like a team. That's more important than individual qualities, even we need, of course. You, you understand? But first, having a global idea, and we share together, Knowing in which direction. And then I believe in a team. And I think that it's through this way to think a team that we can be individually performing.
0: So there we have Jose Riga talking at his first uh, real press conference uh, earlier on today here at the Valley. Um, interesting that he, like, even then he distances himself from the network again and picks up, you know, I'm my own man. I want to be the, the boss of my dressing room. He's clearly. um. He, he he clearly gets to make people know that he's not part of the network, isn't he? Yeah, it's a bold statement, isn't it? And he's not kind of shirted around the subject. He's just come out and and said
3: it as it is, which I think is important. You know, I think he probably I don't know whether who's made him aware or whether he's aware anyway, but he's probably aware that a large proportion of the fans aren't really trusting the network just at the moment, and he's keen to distance himself from that and say, look, that's not what I'm about. I'm here to do a job for Charlton, and he reiterates the fact that it's Charlton that he that he likes and. Yeah, he says all the right things, doesn't he? He just, I don't know, he just gives me gives me confidence, which yeah. I haven't had in the last two or three managers.
0: Yeah, exactly. He, sort of, he hasn't come out on the defensive from the fans, like I think, um, especially Carroll did. I think, yeah. Uh, he, he wants to be at one with the fans. He, he thinks he already has a good relationship, and he's so, hes certainly playing on that relationship. Yeah, I think what, whoever or whatever the PR is, it's, it's
3: going to work, isn't it? Because he's there and he's saying, look, the fans are an important part of the club. I want the fans on my side. Like I'll make sure the players work as hard as I can. We're all in this together, and all the things you you expect from a manager, really. But we, we haven't necessarily had in recent recent weeks and months.
0: And obviously, there's, um, there's, there's plenty more of that um, press day. It was about half an hour long, uh, and I only did about I only did about ten minutes there. But there's um, you know, a question that a lot of people would have been interested would have been about the the future of um of, of Tony Watt and um. Uh, Riga says he said it was difficult to say but for me I repeat what I've said before we know Tony Uh, he of course has the abilities to be decisive his football skills I have no doubt about that I cannot always master if he's fully committed with us then of course uh, I think he needs to say he needs to be fully involved in what we do so he hasn't ruled out either him going or him staying really he's been a bit non-committal on that one I think we heard from from Richard Corley that his sale, Tony Watt's sale to Cardiff not going through because of their transfer embargo, which was due to net 's £2 million. Mm. Uh, is, um, it meant that the, we might have to sell other players or perhaps it might mean a change in the, in the budget that we planned for January. So we, we could still sell him, I think, if, that, if, if we had decided a certain budget for January. But you know, if he stays, it could be a huge part of this squad.
1: Yeah, I mean, and there was a line in there which um, I think speaks volumes, when Riga said if he's committed. So you know if tony's up for the fight in a relegation battle which we've already alluded to earlier in the show but um if you know if tony's willing to you know roll up his sleeves and get involved i don't think you know anyone's going to dispute that he's, he doesn't add anything to the squad or even the starting 11 so um i think the ball's in tony's court unless like you said the board have already earmarked some um, uh, another club for him to get some money in because like you said 2 million pounds which was mooted around for the Fee we was going to get for Tony is a lot of money and probably would have gone towards um, other players they had in mind, but obviously we don't know that. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting. So it's one of those really. I hope he can sort of roll up his sleeves, but we all, obviously we all don't really know the full story.
0: Right. Let's look ahead. To Saturday's game here at the Valleys with uh, Blackburn Rovers. They uh, they last played on Monday, beat Newport 2-1 in the cup, but they made a couple of signings just in time to play us uh for starters they've signed danny graham is a name i remember vaguely remember us being linked with about a year ago i don't think he was ever actually coming though uh and elliot ward on loan from bournemouth so that's two that's two decent signings they've made already isn't it they'll um they'll be right after under under a new manager uh in the form of um i've forgotten his name lambert Lambert. paul lambert uh decent manager paul lambert on his day didn't do too well at villa he'd done well with
3: norwich yeah decent manager and like you say decent signings as well i don't don't know so much about Ward but Graham you would think he's got something to prove because you know his previous club he's not really not really kicked on and got the goals that perhaps they would want and he would want so you know to drop down a level and show that he's got something to prove I think is is a big statement you know they've missed Gestead since he left and Rhodes has kind of been left to do it all on his own so Hmm. that's going to help him up front but I think it seems like every week we've been coming in here and saying it's a tough game. It's a tough game. You know we can't get it much tougher than this. But I think Blackburn is one of the ones where we probably don't say that. You know they're yeah, not in they're the best run of form themselves, yeah. and it's one of the ones that we're going to have to earmark of trying to get something from. I think.
0: Yeah, haven't won since uh, in the league anyway. Since Friday the 11th of December when they beat Rotherham one nil. Since then, you know on the road they've lost one nil at Reading, lost one nil at Bolton, lost one nil at Cardiff. Uh, lost at home to Brighton a Brighton team that themselves aren't on great form at the moment Drew with QPR so like I say there's a possibility in there but the Charlton lineup's going to be interesting like I say we have no idea if Tony's actually going to be involved this weekend do we?
1: No um, no we don't know that'd be an interesting thing it'd also be um, interesting about Nabi Saar as well because I know some games he's been as useful as a chocolate teapot but we, we, since he's been dropped, we have conceded eleven goals. I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying you know he was the linchpin of this team and yeah. we didn't
0: even know it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying
1: that at all. But it will be interesting because I assume uh, George, uh, I don't even try. George is going to, I would imagine he's going to partner someone. Yeah, um, obviously. Do so you think he, he could get uh, thrown
0: straight uh, in? He's played sixteen games this yeah, season, so it's not like completely out of match practice.
1: No, so I think George will be. Uh, It'd be interesting to see if he plays Nabby or um, Roger. yeah, or, yeah. Or I, I think he probably would play Roger if I had to stick my neck on the line. I yeah. think he'd play Roger. But um, yeah, then obviously Tony. I think Tony being on the bench or not, will, or even in the starting lineup, will tell us what. A lot about plans. what's going to happen in yeah, the rest of I think January. So anyway.
0: yeah. um, in terms of putting your neck on the line, what's your, your score prediction? Ooh,
1: well, I have a, a non stat.
0: <laughs> Let's have it then. <laughs> yes.
1: The last time that we conceded six was against Leeds at home, yeah? Yep. And then the following week, we played Blackburn. Oh. But it was a, it was at Ewood Park and we lost 1-0. So <laughs> I'm going to go the flip and say, because we're at home, we're going
0: to yeah. win 1-0. The stats say that every time Charlton concede six, their next game, they win. Uh, there's a 1-0 victory for the home side. So uh, Yeah, we'll, take,
1: we'll say that, Yes. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's even better. We'll get yeah, get down better. the
0: bookies, everyone. 1-0. I, <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't know who's going to score. Probably
0: Probably George Tachira. George,
1: George Tachira.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, Tom? <laughs>
3: I've got a feeling we might sneak it as well. Um, but I think we'll concede. Mm. So I'm going to say...
0: I'm going for a 2-0 defeat. (laughs) Uh, Right, Um, uh, obviously tomorrow is not just about the football again, uh, there's going to be a massive protest outside the ground at 5 o'clock, if anyone's wondering what time it is, outside the back of the West End, if anyone needed informing where it is. Um, uh, The coalition against Roland du Châtelet, uh, they're going to also announce some form of flash protest at midday on Twitter, on the forums, on Facebook and wherever. Uh, That's going to be fascinating, because I, I genuinely have no idea what it's going to be, and it's obviously something that is it's going to garner a lot of attention, I imagine, if it's something that's being done sort of as a flash protest, and I'm sure uh, a lot of people will be willing to join in uh, with that. That'll be quite interesting, wouldn't it?
3: Yeah, it seems to have picked up a lot of pace on Twitter, doesn't it? And we've seen, you know, since it, <clears throat> since everything really started, we've seen people coming together and slowly growing, and now they've kind of formed under one big sort of blanket group or organisation, if you like, and... Yeah, now they're kind of all working together. It'll be interesting to see what they're going to do. Like you say, the protest is kind of that seems to have been arranged already, and that's going to go ahead. But yeah, yeah. this
0: this other one at twelve o'clock. It'd be interesting to see yeah. exactly what they've got planned. And yeah, just for the, the record, at twelve o'clock, it's, you don't have to do the thing at twelve o'clock. You're no, told what sorry. the thing is yeah, at twelve it'll be o'clock. At yeah, 12, so, yeah. yeah, we find out. And they also uh, at twelve o'clock today they released a. Uh, petition online if you go to www.rcholton.org.uk there's uh, asking for a change of ownership there's already 1700 uh, signatures on it and that's after what we're looking at seven hours so they're getting hundreds and hundreds of thousands of signatures you know there's going to be loads of signatures on that by the time that that picks up steam over the next few days yeah it's really gathering pace as well i think um
3: i was looking halfway through today i think about five o'clock it had about a thousand so it was on about 200 an hour i think they were working at and now it's shot up through 700 in the last couple of hours as well so yeah, yeah gathering so, a lot of yeah, I'm
0: hoping to get someone from uh, the coalition against René du Châtelet on, onto the show for Sunday uh, we'll be here obviously don't forget Uk live from 7 o'clock on Sunday so find out exactly what the, uh, the protest is uh, all about if you haven't worked it out already <laughs> uh, right that's pretty much all we have got time for don't forget if you want to listen to uh, the most biased uh, Match day Live commentary uh, it'll be Terry Smith and not me don't know why. Uh, it'll be Terry Smith on the uh, on uh, on tomorrow's, and, and someone. You won't be hearing from me for a while on that, unfortunately, people. Uh, but that is all we've got uh, time for here on a big match preview. We'll be back on CheltenhamLive. as I said on Sunday evening at seven o'clock. Uh, big thanks to Tom One for coming in. Cheers, Cheers Tom. Cheers. Big thanks to uh, Nathan Miller for coming in.
1: No worries. If you're in a Swan on Saturday, it's my birthday, so you can buy me a beer. <laughs>
0: yeah, get, go up to Swan and get Nathan a beer. <laughs> he's the one. He's the one whose face you'll recognise off the Cheltenham Live podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I've been uh, I've been Luis Mendez let's hope the addicts can pick up three uh, vital points against Blackburn on Sunday come on you it right.